live from de Beauvoir. And we've been joined today, we have a special guest, and our special guest is Nitty, who's come from the Hackney Museum to come and talk to us about what she does at the Hackney Museum. And then we're going to also talk about why history is important and why, what is important about collecting history in a museum and why we should remember things. Because the Hackney Museum is very specialized in um, local history. So collecting historical artifacts that are very relevant to the people that live in Hackney. So there's a lot of local history, and right from, what's, Nitty, what's the earliest thing you've got? Oops. Jerusalem, that was found in Stoke Newington. We've got early flints that were found in the local area as well. And then on display, our earliest item is an Anglo-Saxon log boat, which is about 1,500 years old, which is found in Clapton. So lots of, um, it goes quite far back. Nitty, can you speak a little bit further into the mic? Thank you. So, um, so we've, what's the most, m the modern, the most modern thing you've got? So we've got right back to kind of early prehistoric times and then we've got, some, what's the sort of most recent Ooh, thing? The most recent thing. We're working on a couple of exhibitions at the moment. So we sort of, we work, um, we plan sort of two, three years ahead, so we always know sort of what's coming up. And we have this idea for an exhibition called Made in Hackney, because we know the borough's got a really rich heritage of making things. But one of the challenges with this is there's so much out there. So we're now trying to understand sort of how we could go about this, but we were recently in touch with some local makers who make things for different reasons. So the newest thing that will be about to come into our collection is a bib. It's a baby bib that's made by a lady in Hackney who started her own business after she had children to meet the needs of her family. So there are these beautiful little bibs, fantastic designs, and they're all made in Hackney. But that's to represent something very new, very current, like five days old. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's about the newest you can get, really. <laughs> um, so at the museum at the moment, you've got this exhibition um, called At 50. That's, so can you explain a little bit what that is and why 50? What's, what's important about the number 50 for Hackney? So it's probably worth sort of backtracking a bit and explaining. Um, Hackney Museum is a community museum. We are very, very <coughs> proud of the work we do with local people and to reflect that in the museum. So Hackney at 50 came about as part of a much wider program we've been working on called Our Museum, where we're working with local people to see how the museum can respond better to local communities, how it can reflect stories in a different way. And at the same time, in 2015, it marked the 50th anniversary of the London Borough of Hackney as we know it today when Shoreditch, Stoke Newington and Hackney merged together. So it was a fantastic opportunity to invite the people who live in Hackney to visit our collections, because we have around 8,000 items we hold in the museum, and only a small part of that is on display, to invite 50 different schools, organisations, individuals, groups, 
across the three old boroughs to come and pick an object in our collection that said something to them, that spoke to them about their experiences in Hackney. And if we didn't have something, then they could loan us something to put on display. So the exhibition has 50 different objects with 50 different stories by 50 different people. So it's quite eclectic, but it shows you the diversity that exists in Hackney and the various experiences people have had. Thanks, Nitty. So um, just a little question for any of you here. Has anyone been to this exhibition or the Hackney Museum? Come, come a bit closer. I'm, I'm always down there because I like, you know, the, the once they have the, the exhibition about the wedding dress, and uh, lately they have an, another exhibition about the the bone. The bone. Yeah. Um, I think you're talking about the Victorian Albert Museum. Yes. No, no. No, the Hack Hackney, the local they museum. Have, they have, uh, you know, the African, you know, people, except you know, live in Hackney. In there as well. Yep, so yeah, so every year we have yeah. an exhibition from sort of October they tell to their January. own story and all that. Yeah, yeah. so there was that striker pose with the photographs. Yes. Yes, yes. La yeah. last October. Last October, yes, I was there. And uh, the question I want to ask you you were telling about this lady who make the, the bib. Uh, how, how long ago that was that she made it? Uh, very how recently. She's only been, she's been making them for the past sort of five, six years. Oh, so that's sort of new things that are being made in Hackney. Oh, that's fantastic, yeah. I, I thought it was like years, years ago or something like that. We do have some really fantastic old things that have been yeah. made in Hackney as well. Yeah. So at the moment we're working on a project about World War One. So we're finding lots of things that yeah. were made in Hackney around that time, so 100 yeah. years ago. And have, have they make, you know, like, you know that we have a lot of old building, they're pulling the building down and they're making new building now. Do you have any uh, like exhibition of that old building in, in the museum at the moment, or I is mean, that coming soon? It's one of the ideas we've got for the future to do potentially a photographic exhibition yes. about how Hackney's changed over time. Yes, that's yeah. Because in interesting our, to know. Yeah, because in our sister service, yes. Hackney Archives, they yes. have thousands of photographs which show Hackney at different times in its history. Yes. So it's potentially looking at a photograph from maybe 100 years ago, another photograph of the same place from 50 years ago, yeah. and then maybe a photograph of the place today. Today, yeah. And it's changed a lot in Hackney. Because I remember I used to go and work in Liverpool State, take bus number 48. There was a lot of factory, you know, handbags, and all of them gone now. You know, a lot of tall buildings. So it's changed a lot. It's changed a lot, but what we also hope is in our collections we're able to um, represent that. So yeah. with Lesney's Matchbox Factory, lots of people remember it because they used to work there or they knew somebody who worked there. Yeah. So we had a very close relationship with them, and in our collection we've got lots of the, the cars they made, and then what was very iconic before they closed down was their signage outside that says Lesney's, and they've also donated back to Hackney Museum, which means we're able to show some of those changes over time. Thank you. Um, good afternoon. Yes, again, in Hackney, because while I was living in um, South London, one of my first jobs was working in a um, shoes factory just along somewhere off Hackney Road. And it's all gone. And all these shoe factories where you could go and get jobs and like but making bags and those. Okay. 
why are all those things disappear? We'd like to know. And what is going to happen to all these things in the future for our next generation? There are two ways to look at that. One is, in the museum, we collect physical objects, so we might have examples of what we've made. And the other place to visit is Hackney Archives, because they collect archives, so they might have whole histories of a company, and you could look through all their records to find out how they operated, and that might tell us why they closed as well. It might be it was too expensive to be based in London, because lots of factories moved out of London in the 70s because it was too expensive. It could be that their demand for their product decreased, so they might not need to make so much anymore. They might find that actually they found a new way of making things, which meant they had to employ less people. Yes, and, and cheaper, um, cheap labour, and that's as well. Potentially. There's yeah, lots of yeah, different yeah. reasons why companies may have moved or stopped or changed the way they did something. So, Nitty, why is it important for us to remember the past? Why do you think we need to remember what, what things were like? History. Yeah. Well, it's always been said that history always repeats itself. So perhaps we're waiting for that day when the things of the past may bubble up again, or in a more positive way of looking at things, it may even reappear. So yeah, so, so do we have some, can we learn from the past, do you think, Newton? Oh yes, we can learn and we can learn in truth because the past has happened and in fact I look on the past as the only truth because you never know, we live, we're supposed to live in the present but really we live in the future. As we speak, time ticks away. So there's only two aspects involved, there's the past and the future. Um, so I guess the important thing is that often we forget that the, the people who actually live in Hackney and who've lived here for a long time are incredible sources of history. They know what's happened. They know what the past is about. So um, it's interesting that, that there's a lot of emphasis in that with Hackney Museum that you, know, you're, you, you place great importance on people's personal history. The, the stories people have are invaluable because it helps us understand their experiences at particular times in history. So in our oral history collection, we have maybe ooh, between 150 to 200 different recordings of people sharing their experiences. And the earliest ones we have are of people in the 1960s sort of and 70s, or maybe even earlier, talking about their experiences during World War I, which was 100 years ago, and then that's carried on, so we've got um, a whole range of oral histories of people sharing their experiences of moving from the Caribbean during the Windrush generation. We've got lots of Jewish um, oral histories from um, Jewish communities who were born in Hackney in the 1920s, so they grew up and they saw how Hackney changed. And what's really interesting in listening to all these oral histories is everyone's commenting on what the area was like and how it changed with each different group that moved in. So you've got the Jewish community talking about um, who lived there just before the Jewish community moved in and what the area was like and what Ridley Road was like. And then as you have the next group moving in from the Caribbean, they're talking about how lots of the shopkeepers and the stalls on Ridley Road Market used to be kosher and then they slowly changed. 
and then they served a different community because there was more demand. So we learn a lot about those changes through people's own experiences. So they're, they're invaluable to hear it from the person, to, to remember what they saw, who they met, who they yeah. spoke to, where they were living, what kind of house they lived in, yeah. what their kitchen may have been like. It's, you know, it's a very rich source of information that a book can't, can't quite capture in the same way. And what's amazing for me is how fast things change, because you look around the museum and you think, you see these objects, and um, especially I think the thing that struck me the most was the hospital, there's a little hospital scene with um, uh, an in incubator for a baby, and it just looks, you just couldn't imagine putting a baby in that today, it just looks insane. It's scary looking. It's very scary looking, yeah. Sarah? Yeah. I think uh, the museum has changed a lot. There's a nursery in there as well. Yeah. We uh, on the side next to the museum, you know? The museum itself doesn't have a nursery, but we're very the popular. Library. We're the very library. popular with families. Because yeah. lots of families of young children come to visit us because there's lots in there for them to see mm -hmm. and do. And then we run family activities during the holidays. So Families can come and make something inspired by the history of Hackney. We run under five sessions with our partner, Maddie, so you could book in and come and sing songs and learn more about yeah. Hackney through that way. Yeah. Yeah. Lots, lots going on for yeah. lots of different age groups. That's interesting. So something I'd like to also ask you is, um, so you all live in Hackney. You've lived here for a little while. So what would you... What do you think is important for other people to remember about your personal history? Is, have you got an object or something that you would like future generations to remember? We'll start with you, Newton. Just like to say, right. Newton helped us with the Four Aces exhibition quite right. a couple of years ago. That's so. right, yeah. Um, the statement that I made about history repeating itself is quite relevant because it does whether we like it or not, or whether we are aware of it or not. It only comes to prominence when it affects us in a personal way. Um, I'm, in fact, part of Hackney's history, and it's a platform that I stand on today in my new career. And, um, of course, I didn't have time to evolve really what I am now and I'm still chugging on as a DJ. Um, some of you have been to my gigs and experienced my particular sort of music and bringing in the commercial and doing Hackney Festival on the 11th and also the Ace Hotel on the 18th. You got your plug in, well done. <laughs> um, Queenie, what would you like future generations to remember? What do you think people should remember about something personal or just in general? Well, for me, I'm a new member in Acne itself, going eight months. And speaking to a lot of people in Acne, my, my ex-partner, well, my partner, not my ex, my partner, he's been in Acne for years, grown up around here and everything. And a lot of the history has gone and the, the way the youths and the younger generation of the older generation and the younger generation, they don't, doesn't come together. And we need that unit. 
within the young generation because without the holder, there's no younger. The history is lost. So we need to bring that back togetherness in our community. So some sort of way of old, older people telling their personal stories to younger people to, to, to teach them, you know, what life's about. Yes, and the real life, yeah. what it's been in their days, although they had their little conflicts and, and that, it's not like what it's been today. Family division, youths against youths, adults segregate themselves from the younger generation. So we need to bring that family togetherness back in our community, no matter what race, color, or creed you are. It's perfect you should say that because we did that quite recently at the museum <laughs> with um, actually something I was involved with, with at the museum. Um, and it, what was amazing was how much people have in common. They think, the generations think that they're completely different, that they live completely different lives, but actually we found that there's a lot of things in common and actually, you know, we live the same experiences often and people grow up in similar ways, we just think it's very different. So yes, there are differences and of course technology, you know, phones, all that kind of thing means that uh, young people live a, a, dif a different life, but they do have very similar experiences. So um, I would definitely agree that more, more conversations between generations uh, is a very good idea, yeah. Sarah, what, do you, what would you like people to remember? Me, I would like people to remember the library. It used to be like a, a shop before, you know, in, in the corner, down, I forgot the name of the road. When you go there, they look very old fashioned. The central West library? Yeah. Oh yes, it's where now, the picture house is now. Yeah. Now you have the beautiful library. You can sit there, relax, and uh, I don't know if, if you remember Vernon, he was one of the councillors. He make a film about, you Patrick know. Vernon. Yeah, Patrick. He make a film about, you know, the time that the people come to live in Hackney, how Hackney has improved the story about, you know, the, the Caribbean. And he saw a film, I really enjoy that. You know, very often you have a meeting there. We sit down and we watch the film, you know, the film he made. It's very interesting. I really appreciate what Vernon did. Thank you. And I don't know your, uh, hang on a second. I don't know your name. Come and speak into the microphone. No, no, please do. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've never been to this museum before, but now that you brought it to our attention, I would like to visit the place. Please do. You, do you pay to go there and if you pay, how much do you pay? We are absolutely free. And we are based in, do you know where Hackney Town Hall is? Yes, I, yep. yeah, I We're know, right I next, to town, next to the town hall. Okay. So do you know where Hackney Central Library is? Yeah. Yep, in the same building, we're on the ground floor. So when you come in, you turn right, come in, see us, we're free of charge. We have a wonderful museum, I say so myself. Um, we have temporary exhibitions. I've got some leaflets here for you at the moment. We have events and activities throughout the year, and we have a very um, busy schools program. We work with around 5,000 primary school children in Hackney That's a year. That's nice. So one of the things you were saying about the importance of shared experiences, mm. that's something we, we try to do with children when they're very young at primary school, to show them that everyone comes from somewhere, everyone has a story to share, and we can learn from that as we go forward. So we, we do try, unfortunately. We, yes. 
Unfortunately, um, we can't reach everybody because we're quite small. However, we do work with, oh, maybe over 30,000 people a year visit us. So we're trying, but hopefully all of you can spread the good word for us. You can bring people to visit the museum. You can help them share their experiences. So you can help sort of be ambassadors and share books. That's nice. Um, my name is Abike Alade. I will try to come and see you there one day. Thank you so much. Can I ask you what what do you, what would you like people to remember? What do you think it's? Do you have anything that you think is important to remember? Not much. <laughs> Maybe we'll come back to you. Yeah. Um, Sister P, you wanted to say something. Come, come and speak into the mic. Um, I forgot the name of the road, you know. It used to be where people used to go and sign in. Remember the side road uh, right at the end of May Street somewhere? Oh, the, the, the libraries have changed. They're all yeah. in beautiful new buildings yeah. now, which are really because light, Because I airy. remember it was really dark inside, you know. So now I really appreciate that new library, you know, because I go there for book reading with Lydia, you know. Paulina, what would you like? What do you think people should remember? What, what do you think it's important to remember? Do you have anything personal, or a per or something personal? Yeah, generally, all generally. All you see, what I would like people to say: Good evening, people. Good evening. We're listening to the radio, and we're not listening. So good evening. We're lovely people. So listen to us. And also, I have to say, Paulina told me off because I didn't bring any wine. I'm very sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of water there. <laughs> yes, I am. Well, we usually have wine with Parallel Radio. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I, I didn't, I forgot. I'm really, really yes. sorry. Once you have to again, remind me. We had a little break by laughing. Once again, um, what I would like, I, I just hear, I was listening to Queenie when she was saying that it's nice to sort of um, get more involved um, with people to gather people together and um, we could sort of a beat and laugh more we can do things more we can you know um, relieve our stress elsewhere and um, we could get on with life because what it was before you're talking about 40 years ago and all that people more yeah. together gather list when they had little people was more loving was more um, thing but no, it seems to me as this technology take over the world, it's like people are not together. In what they uh, want to do is like they text. Everybody's texting. Nobody speaks anymore. Nobody um, wants to come out anymore. At one stage, one one could say, um, "Are you have you got are you going out today? Should we go out this evening? Like the weather is so good and so wonderful." They all said. No, I don't feel like it. Before, when it was there was no technology, people was more together. Because people find time, put their clothes on, and we go out. We go out for the evening. We don't go back until whenever. And you find the vibes was really, you know, full of laughter. It was more um, strengthening and pr yeah. And you, you know, we didn't find a lot saying that we're full of aches and pains all over our foot, bottom, head, and everywhere else, and knees and belly and everything. But <laughs> now all you can hear is pain in your head, your belly, your bottom, your everything. So we don't know what's going on. So we'd love, we if we could bring 
the world, I mean, the, the community together again by doing more activities, by doing so. Um, Lucy, before I come off the line, I will say to you, because you're a leader, so what can you do to help us to bring back, I'm talking to you as well, sweetheart, so somebody <laughs> look at me, staring at me. Right. Yeah. Um, what, can, what can you bring in back? Because we're doing our bit. If we're doing our bit, right? If we do it a bit, you can help us by, you know, doing something with meeting, we can able to um, um, get involved or do things more. Because we are, like I said, look, we are the ones that are here. We are the ones should go out to and able to, um, the ones who are already there already, to help us out, to cooperate with us and we cooperate with you. So it's not good we're going to keep talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking all the time. Nothing getting done. But you know and what? You just said, uh, we'll rush. We'll rush. we rush gone about 100 years ago, 10 million years ago now. But we, we learn from it. Yeah, but we want people now together. But when the wind rush was there, was nothing here. There's nothing in the world, sweet. There's nothing there. Well, uh, one pound of flour, one pound of sugar. You, I mean, you've got to bring your own bottles to get cooking oil. There was nothing here. So now, look, look how England is big and broad and people like mad. So what do you think um, we could learn from that, that history? Nitty, do you think, what, what, what do people learn from that, that past? Well, the thing I hear more and more is people are torn on the issue of technology. Some people say it brings people closer together because they can text really quickly. They might not be there talking, they might not physically be talking, but they might be in touch in a different way. But the other side is people are more reluctant to go and do things together because they feel like they're in touch without physically seeing people. So it creates two challenges. And I think, you know, hopefully, if you visit somewhere like the museum or Hackney Archives, and that there's an opportunity to have an experience that brings, that doesn't, isn't about technology, but that is about people talking and sharing and visiting something together. But what, Nitty, what we're saying is, like, we've got to go to library, we've got to mu museum to see people to talk. Carl, what about us doing our own museum like we're here on the radio? Well, you know what? That's a really good idea. That's, what I'm, that's why I'm asking you. What, what would you... Okay, imaginary museum, okay? So that's what I'm asking you. What would you bring, what would you take to this imaginary museum? What object would you put in this museum? Because a museum, there has to be thing, something a bit tangible that people can either look at or hear or experience. So what would you take museum. yeah so we're creating an imaginary museum it's the museum of it's the parallel radio museum right so what would you take there well i said what we take probably we'd take ourselves there huh? <laughs> <laughs> you are an exhibit you i would agree <laughs> we'll take ourselves and make it into a museum with ourselves why not? Because you know, that's performance. Yep. Okay. Like, so looking at all, keep looking at pictures. What about us? Real well, life. I, I, ones. Well, Wait. I asked this. What can we do as a society, as a community, to help everyone share conversations? Go to David Cameron and tell him to give us some more funding if we want to leave the country. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the world. Well, 
My name is Paula Louis, and I agree with Sister P. Technology is not bringing people together. Technology is not bringing people together. Yes. It's not bringing people face to face. It's not bringing people close together as human beings. If technology was bringing to people together as human beings, we would not have the boat people. Technology, we, we've got technology where we can see people on the internet, but to talk to people face to face, for people's humanity to feel somebody else's energy, we don't want to talk to the boat people uh, on, over the internet. We want to talk to them face to face. We want to integrate them like um, we were integrated when we went to America and all over the world. So technology isn't helping us here right now. We as human beings, it might be helping the businesses, but we in Hackney, where we are a diverse community, which is what I would bring, the diversity of humanity in Hackney. But that exists, doesn't it? It used to exist even more. We had, we had sustainable community, which has been socially engineered out through housing. Our young people can't afford to live with us. Uh, and demolitions and all the social enterprises that we had. For example, Four Aces, which is now what, a library with no consultation to us. They took away our social enterprises and our social units. Zero hour contracts. A lot of bad laws has come in to destroy our community. You, ha you need sustainable community. I, c I completely agree with you, but I think also it's very easy to always put blame elsewhere and yes we can we can blame the kind of external powers that be it's, it's easy to do that quoting newton but no i'm not, I'm not blaming the external i think powers i think it's be. more about we're here so why don't we find some solutions of things well, that we, we can do right right here yeah we did we brought in <laughs> we, we we got rid of the poor law that's what the windrush people did they got rid of the poor law. We fought the five giants of poverty. We fought the giant of, uh, the giant of ignorance through education. We fought the giant of disease through the welfare, the, through, through, through NHS. We fought the giant of squalor through decent housing. We fought the giant of idleness through work. We fought the giant of poverty through benefits. So we have done a lot. So if it's been taken away, what do we do now? We reinventing the wheel again? It's a good question, and I'm afraid I don't have the. I don't think anyone has the well, answer we did, for that. We did. That's why the Windrush people came to do, and we did it. Sarah. I think it's important for the museum to to have this sort of story, like you know, people who has lived in Hackney for a long time, how they have suffered. You know, some people like they work in the factory, and how they have progressed now. It's nice to hear that story. You know, individually, you know, they can tell their story in the museum, isn't it? Did you say they were suffering in factories? No. Oh, you mean suffering houses or suffering in England? Have the work in the factory. Well, the way they work. The way they work. work. Have yeah, the work been improved now? Yeah, but then, look, with, without the factories, there isn't no work. The factories comes in just like anything else. You've got yeah. beautiful, you've got factories. Want to turn? No, I want this that somebody who has yeah. work in the factory because now all of them has disappeared, isn't it? Hardly any factory in Hackney. Well, you didn't give me a chance. Hackney? I was going to say that. Yeah. I was going to say something. 
yeah. I was going to yeah. say. I'd just like to make one little point yeah. about technology, oh, yeah. that it's good and bad. And I say it's good because yeah. we're all here in this room today because of technology. No, because of this radio station, it's let us have this conversation and it's letting us share it with lots of people. So it, it works both ways. I think the thing, I, I agree with Nitty, we need to see technology as an enabler. Mm. So it allows us to do so. It means that it's helping us to do certain things. So in, we can't say it's replacing things, but it helps us do to improve certain things. So for example, so, for example, people, you were talking about communicating face to face, which is really important. But a lot of people have families really far away, and they, telef they use the telephone to talk to them, and they use Skype to talk to them. And if they didn't have that, an email, and if they didn't have that, they would be writing letters still. You've got to find the money to take the plane. So, you know. So it's in some ways it's allowed us to to make distances a lot smaller. You know, like you know, on Skype you can see your family whether they are well. You know, if, especially my sister is very old, and uh, you know now she don't go out a lot, and uh, she pray. You know, and I say, oh my God, she look well. You know. Talk to her on the f on the Skype. You know, you can contact people, email. I, I feel really great on Skype. Believe me, I appreciate so that. So that's something positive. It's bringing yeah. you closer to your sister. So yeah. it's not replacing your sister. No, but you can see. But you, talk you to her. exactly. But when you're trying to talk on the, these these technology things, it's just like they're shaking like this. I'm shaking. They're shaking. You're going this way. They're going that way. It's like some puppets, you know. <laughs> so I like the rule. I like the rule thing. I'm yeah, saying my puppet like a sister. When she's talking to a sister, it's like her head's going here, there, and everywhere. And then, then you have sister to go going. Canada to see her. Well, gone to Canada, man. You only live one time. Go on. No problem. You don't want to stay and talk to her for the rest of your life on Skype. Well, at least, it on, at least on the in-between times, when between the time that she can next go to Canada, it's good to keep that I'm connection. Never, I've never speak to anybody, no Skype or whatever. I've never I've done it. But maybe you're lucky that all your family live near you. They're you dead. They're all dead. <laughs> Your children are, are around you. Your children live near you. You're lucky. You mean sister? Your children live near you. You're lucky. I'm talking about like aunties, uncles, and all that. They're all dead from in the early 40s, from whatever. Yes, I, I, okay. I want to talk to them. I want to go. I'll try and go and see them. I think that everything um. has its minuses and pluses, and technology is a very good thing because um, talking, about, talking about the Skype. It's good, it's very good because if you have your parents and you're not able to pay a passage to go abroad to I'll see them, I will give you, money. you can, you can, you can um, see them on TV and you can see what condition they are in. And so if you think that they are very critical, then you can you know, try and go and see them as quickly as possible and, and, and save a lot of, you know, everything you know, is, is good. And um, technology, I mean, in the early days, people used to work so hard. 
I'm taking over to help people to slavery-like, you know, you know, it does <coughs> So yeah, I mean, that's something about history that we often forget, that most people um, worked manually. It was manual labor, and it must have been exhausting. So we do have it a little bit easier these days. We don't have to, you know, use all our physical strength eight, 10 hours a day in manual labor. So in some ways, that's an improvement, no? Yes, I mean, the way people work today has changed a lot. Hopefully we'll sort of learn more from it, and hopefully we'll have we'll work fewer hours. Is my ambition, <laughs> but um, I doubt we'll achieve that. Yeah, well, we go yeah. to Canada for about one ninety nine. You know that. Um, um, careful. With regards to oh, sorry. yes. With regards to, with regards to the work, okay, and the working in the factory. I was I was working in factories, and at the end of the week, when I was short of money, I used to get a sub. From the wage, from the wages oh. department, yeah. and that sub would help me through to my next wage. But right now, because there's no more factories, people have to go to the uh, pawn shops yeah. or to the um, sharks in the high Bank street bangsters. and borrow money. Sorry, gangsters. The, the gangsters and borrow Bank money because there's no more factories. So we do need factories. We do yeah, need those ten do. hours. It does yeah. give you sustainability. It does mean you can. <coughs> provide shelter for yourself and your family you know so we do we you know technology is, is not what we want we want jobs for ourselves and our children because technology doing the jobs where you go into Sainsbury's and you got this, this the, the self-checkout means that my kids are not getting a job when the gas man is not coming out to read the meters that means my kids are not getting a job and the only thing I know to get rid of poverty in Hackney is a wage packet Thank you. Yeah. And yeah. what I want to say is, like, so okay, I've got, I've got one boy now, right? He's just telling me that he hasn't been working for three weeks, right? Because they said, no, all these leaders are something he's trying to cut down and cut back. So now, yeah, what did Paulie just a little while ago now? It's like, say, well, if they did have more factories, you understand, in not just here, other parts of the world, you understand, it keeps young people off trouble because of the technology do create a lot of excitement and it creates a lot of trouble. So no, no, there's no job now, right? It, you know, it's like say he's got to go down to the um, benefits or whatever to dig up the whole of his life to get some change from them, which now they're not really, they're helping people in a way, but they're not helping enough, you understand? Bring back something back into the community. Bring back something back, so keep the young people off the street. And even some of the adults need to go back out to work as well, right? So instead of struggling and struggling and talking and what are them things, bring back the things then back where them take away from people. Give me the, the address to Tony Blair, um, Lucy, and I'll write to him and tell him, what are you doing, man? I've done it before. I've done it before. I've write it down there before. I've got some answer back. We need okay. to, if we need to all write and tell him, you knock out everything, right? Um, yes, yeah. Right, I could work in the House of Parliament, maybe probably they're from at the same day. <laughs> but they wouldn't throw me out because they would hear what I'm saying. Thanks, Pauline. Yeah. Um, Nitty, there's something, actually, that kind of opens up a question about, so we've talked a lot about past. So as a museum curator, what, how do we 
approach the future? What, what do you do in the museum to look at the future? I know it's a hard question. The future's quite difficult because it's unpredictable. You don't know what the future holds, but what we can do is look at the present because the present helps us understand where we are today. Well, there's no present. There's no present. That's right. That's right. We're not again. You see? That is a concept put out there as a programming aspect of things. As we speak, time in the future. But they've given it to us or most people and they accept it past present and future but there's only two future and past that's the one yeah and uh, the point is this we're living in a society that's geared to reciprocate what technology does because half of us who speaks about technology doesn't really know what it does or what it is I know it as an artificial temporary aid, which one day will switch off. And that's why I'm not even computer literate. I've deliberately stayed away, because I know one day we wake up and go, oh, what's going to happen? Some people don't know ABC or one, two, three. And straight away, their life is um, the computer. And I mean, I, I may sound a bit pedantic, but you know, I, I think very deeply, and of course, this is how it manifests itself. When you want to deal with something, it's always best to know really what it is. Even yourself, you gotta know who you are. And all these things help to contribute to your knowledge of what you're dealing with, starting with yourself. And of course, the things are inserted as pattern on the human being. A computer is a human being's brains being taken and put in an artificial form. The only problem with that is um, it's selective. As much as there is in a computer, it's selective, and it's selective in the favor of the powers that be. I don't, I don't like saying that, but it is a fact and it becomes part of their programming process. Okay, Sarah, and you wanted to add something? No, I just want to say that uh, for the museum, it's very important, especially for the young people nowadays, about the art, you know? Long time ago, you know, the people, they were draw long time ago, and the young people, the way they do the drawing now, is fantastic. In my opinion, the way they do things, they call it art. Put a few boxes together, this is art. Put few woods together. This is art. This is put that in the museum. People go and see it. We we we're nearly out of time. Queenie, what would you like to add? Yes, what I would like to add. Um, again, they stated that um, all these businesses are supposed to support your business in your community. But when you look at the shops and that's that been opening, where are the jobs? Who are they giving to? Yeah. Our young people are on the street. Uh, there are a lot of people going out of job, you go to the job center, your whole life story, they're telling you, oh, there's a job here, there's nine to nine to one going for a job nowadays. So <laughs> all these shops opening, who are they employing? Who well, are they putting in these <coughs> places? All so much nearer to base. Most of the stuff that we buy today, um, some of us visit the pound shop. Um, the things that we buy, 
the package doesn't even cover the price we pay. Mm. What about that? It's something that's meant to bug your mind. <laughs> um, we're, we're actually just about to run out of time, so um, I'd just like to conclude with Nitty. Um, we've talked, obviously, it's parallel radio. We've talked all around about lots of different subjects that are close to your heart. I know that, you know, what's happening we now. Mad. Yes, we I can hear. I can. I can. I can hear the anger and. The while we're sitting here crying and bawling our hands out. <laughs> but the important thing... from your country, coming from you. The, the important thing... We must say thank you to Nikki to come here to talk about the museum. Otherwise, we wouldn't have that subject today. Exactly. I think the important thing is that we're here talking... And that is the first step, is having conversations yeah. and talking and being able to communicate with each other. Paulina, you were saying how important it is for this face-to-face -face contact and for people to actually communicate. And that's why I brought Nitty, because she is behind the scenes in the museum. It's someone that you might not ever see, but it's really interesting to see who is putting this stuff yeah, together? And Would it help if I said I was born in Hackney? Congratulations, thank you. Thank you. Apologize to Nitty. Is that what I can yeah, I'll, I'll keep I, it here. No, I think Nikki is yeah. doing a great job for Hackney. We really appreciate it. You're listening to Parallel Radio. Parallel Radio. Parallel Radio. Parallel Radio. Parallel Radio.